No humans here. Okay, Ronson. Are you a obstacle? Ready check radio. He is not a human. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. What's up, Internet? Welcome to Gaming Gumbo, Ready Check Radio's weekly gaming wrap-up show. That means it's Saturday and it's 7 p.m. Eastern. We're doing the show live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio, R-A-I-D-E-O. If you're listening on Spotify or watching on YouTube, head on over to readycheckradio.com. Up in the upper right corner, you got all the socials, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, all of it. Follow, subscribe, set up notifications, tell your friends, help spread the word, help us grow, grow, grow as we continue on our adventure, three podcasts per week, and a team of volunteer streamers that would love to have you and your friends hanging out with us. We've got a lot to cover today, and Twitch seems to be acting up a little bit, so I apologize if you're watching live. Uh, video should be fine on, on YouTube, though. So hopefully Twitch will catch up to us. But if you've got thoughts, throw them in chat. We'll be sure to put them on the show. Joining me to go over all of the other stuff, Mr. Jason Winter. How are you, sir? It's going to surprise you to hear this, but I'm kind of grumpy today. No. Yeah, really, really long cues in Conqueror's Blade are making me grumpy. Well, I mean, how are you having really long cues? That game's actually doing pretty well population-wise. Some, some special mode that I have to do for mission and... People only group up in teams. I don't want to be in teams. And it's like, I hate that stuff. I hate yeah. when, like, Rocket League right now has me part of the season challenges or whatever for stage two is to do extra modes. I hate when they make games make you do the extra modes. Oh, but, but I can skip them if I pay cash. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah. Also on the line. Oh, he doesn't have the cat anymore. So he's nope. not doing his Cat's Dr. Gone. Evil impersonation. <laughs> What's up, Yod? How are you, my friend? Uh, doing all right, you know. The stuff usual doing things. doing the arts hey the great the feedback thing. uh from the artwork you produced for our crossover stream with mr Hattie. oh yeah very that nice happy liked good. it the crowd liked it chat liked it youtube liked Excellent. it they liked it happy said he may be Excellent. trying to commission you for an update on some of his stuff so i i plugged hey, he's more than welcome to i plugged hey. i plugged i plugged yeah. i also yeah. said hey you know no free stuff don't ask him for free stuff or <laughs> i i will beat your ass he won't have to i will Thank so. you. Yeah, I'll do it too. Stuff. I'll be, I'll be someone's ass too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're in the mood for it. What's up, Mad Martha? Yeah, joining yeah, us much. in chat. Is that the Mike B mask emote? It is that. the Mike B mask. I love that emote. one. Yeah. Love that one. Nice. All right, we got uh, quite hey. a bit to cover, so let's kind of get to it. Uh, let's start off with two games that uh, both uh, some of us on the panel were uh, eager to play and have now gotten a chance to play and work through uh, some, if not all of the game so yad i think we'll start with you just because you've been so happy about this and jason's so crabby right now let's start <laughs> on a happy note and hopefully cheer mr winter up mass effect remastered trilogy is now available you have gotten some time to play it i know ninja pandas who's probably in chat or will be shortly has played through the first one twice now because he felt he screwed up his romance so uh, did not opt to go to number two, went back and played number one a second time. 
Where are you in it? How are you enjoying it? What are your thoughts on, on the remaster itself? Some of the changes graphically and narratively, the small uh, kind of stuff that they've added or altered. I'm, I'm still messing around at the beginning. I, I'm, you know, I always like to take my time, but it's, it's uh, really early on. Um, but of course, I've played you know, through the original set like three or four times. I read up on some of the changes that people have now found out that they've made, such as uh, the the uh, what was it? One character they felt should have been a Turian, so they swapped out the model, and um, of course the speedy speedy load screens and stuff are nice. Uh, but there's also I heard there's also a patch coming up that they're gonna they're gonna um, make the irises look a little less dead. <laughs> which was a thing that all three original Mass Effects had. And when it came to Andromeda, most people didn't even realize that that was an issue on that because the original three had the same look in their eyes where they're, they're kind of dead. But apparently they're going to patch that so that they've got more of a glint of life to them <laughs> like Andromeda has after their little patch with the eyes. Mad Martha yeah, saying I... in chat that the field of view doesn't quite work right now unless you, you use some hacks. Right. There, there's a few things that ha are issues that I'm waiting for them to patch before I really get into it because I, I want to, you know, actually experience the game again for the first time, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I'm still Formed on the game, and they still need patches for it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I see, we're supposed to be trying to cheer him up, Yod. We're supposed to be trying to cheer him up. Not happening. Okay. <laughs> well, they, they've um, they've gone ahead and uh, fixed Tali a little bit. So for the third game, if you romance her in the original third game, you get a photograph to look at, to stare longingly at her unmasked face. And in the original version, it's like a Miss Universe or something from England where they just modified her facial features and cropped out half her hand that's like oh, on her geez. shoulder. It doesn't even look like a full hand with, you know, three fingers. It look they They literally just cut half her hand off in the oh, image and it was terrible but they actually went in he looked like Ethan from Resident Evil right <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, they literally went in and used the game engine and rendered an image of her without the mask on for your character longingly look at in the third game now so there's that to look forward to Jason, if I'm still fan. I'm still on the fence. Like I think this is one for me. I, I know that I was on the fence about it. You were probably a no, but maybe if you caught it at some deep sale, you'd end up picking it up in the future. Has seeing anything released and and people doing let's plays or streaming or videos uh, on YouTube reviews and stuff of it? Has any of that changed your mind? Because I think I'm still kind of I enjoyed one at the time. And, you know, I got halfway through two, and I was like, this is, I, I like the more explore, uh, exploration-based one, and they kind of took a lot of that away in the second and third one, so I fell out. I'm still on the fence. I'll probably wait to, like, a half-off sale or, or something like that. I will get it, just not right away. Has anything changed your mind on that front? I have been watching a friend of mine stream, stream it for the first game, and admit I kind of do want to play it. I do, yeah, do want to get it. a lot better. Uh, okay, if he says, I couldn't really tell that from watching him because he's, play, he's yeah. playing on Xbox for one thing, so he has to uh, like do through the menu to change out his weapons all the time instead of just like a scroll mouse or even the number key or whatever. I remember doing that. So right, 
Yeah, I think on PC, I think I'd enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, the, yeah. the original versions, I did enjoy the PC version more than the uh, Xbox version because I, I did have the 360. Was was that two, two and three, I think? Yep. And then they released the Greatest Hits edition for the first one. Yeah, I, I played that on the Xbox 360 and on PC. So PC version on both versions, regular and legendary, is... I think much better. So see, Just overall, because... I'm not grumpy. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Good. I'm amazed that the, that it changed your mind because, like, we knew change what we were getting. Well, yeah. You were just yeah. like last time we talked about it. You were like, "Nah, I think I'm going to skip this one. I, I just think I'm going to skip yeah. it. There's no real reason for me to get it." And now, yeah, are you going to like do what I'm doing in Mad Martha? Yeah, you're right in chat. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. It's like because of when it yeah. came out by Christmas, it's definitely going to be like half off or something like oh, that. Oh, most likely. Yeah, yeah. If I remember my gaming backlog. <laughs> that's true too yeah i mean i have some time to get through some stuff uh, although i'm because of the extended period of time we have to wait for Endwalker now for final fantasy 14 i'll have stuff to do next week uh with the the new patch finishing everything off but yeah, is there I'm, a new patch I'll, next week yeah it's the second half of five five oh Tuesday. actually yeah okay so i'll, I'll probably end up doing that too i'll tell you what i'd have more time if i was waiting 40 minutes in queues and conquer his blade <laughs> well, see, angry see, there you, there you go angry. i was there feeling you good go. while you're, while you're waiting for the queue there's something for you to do i was i'm watching overwatch league which actually i'm still doing now but you know on the yeah. other side of things uh new games i finished the first playthrough of resident evil village uh here on ready check radio before you go there real yeah, quick, yeah. I just remembered um, No Man's Sky had a Oh, Easter yeah, egg. yeah, yeah. Sorry, you added yeah, yeah. that late, and I did see right, it, right. but I, I'm, I'm sorry. Right, so, yeah, for, for uh, No Man's Sky, you can get the Normandy 01, the first Normandy, as your uh, as a frigate. You can't, you can't actually pilot it, but you can have it as your frigate and see it in the sky and all its glory and stuff like that. So that's a nice little Easter egg. Yeah, I bet that uh, that's another one for our friend Mike B, Jason. Uh, that I bet just has him all giddy. The the Normandy you know, I, in No Man's. I Sky. read that too, and when I first heard Normandy in in No Man's Sky, I was like, "That sounds awesome." And I read it and it says, "Oh, you can't actually fly it." Yeah, that's a whole other that's, license, I'm guessing. <laughs> that's so. that's typical. That's typical of No Man's Sky. You're promising something and then not delivering. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> it's there. It's there. It's there. It is there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think you can think of it stick on the wall. It is you a neat like crossover, though. It. it is a neat yeah, crossover. Yeah, you can board it and look in the CIC, I think, but you can't actually fly it. Yeah, that's the part. Like, if you couldn't board it, then I would kind of understand, like, maybe they didn't, you know, model the inside of it and stuff like that. But you can actually board it, so I'm not, I don't quite get why you can't fly it, but I don't know. Probably because that's a different license. <laughs> what? what <laughs> for it to be in motion? <laughs> right. For, well, for you to use everything of the I Normandy, think that has, I, I think it is. I, I think that that would be money that they have to pay. See, but if if, if there was no, if you couldn't get inside, maybe I would buy that because they're saying that you know that's actually a set drop for uh, a lot of the game. But mm. since you can actually get in there, that means they had to build it, which means if there was a cost, they already paid it. I wouldn't presume that there would be a cost for both the, the a separate cost for exterior versus interior anyway, but I don't know. It's a little weird. Maybe yeah, we get to drive maybe. it at some point. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they're waiting on that one. Now we get to Mike's favorite part. Yes. Bow. Yes. Yes. Okay. Boom. Right. 
Finished the first playthrough on normal, so was able to open up the hardcore difficulty and the uh, Village of Shadows difficulty, so I'll be doing some of that in Resident Evil Village. Uh, won't be streaming it every single stream. We did, you know, Mondays I normally do Final Fantasy TCG. We will be doing Final Fantasy TCG again this coming Monday. We took a couple days off so that we could go Resident Evil in succession. Uh, Honestly, I very much enjoyed the game. Is it the best game ever? No. Uh, <laughs> it definitely isn't. Uh, is it the best Resident Evil ever? No, it definitely is not. Is there a lot of Resident Evil 4 going on in Resident Evil Village almost <laughs> to a T? Yes. Uh, I mean, the game starts with you in a, a rush mode, basically, in a you know random rundown village. Uh, until everything runs away because some bells told or a clock told or something. I mean, that is literally the beginning of Resident Evil 4. Uh, so there is a lot of that going on. But uh, I got to say, I really ended up enjoying the game. And, and we may get into, like, slight spoiler territory here, but uh, nothing. We aren't going to spoil the end because I thought the end was well done. How many how many weeks has been it been out now? Uh, Two, it came out three? not this past Friday, but the one before. Yeah. It's like so six I mean, months we've been talking about it. Yeah, it should be fine to spoil a little something. I no, mean, we're not going to spoil the ending at all because no, there no, are a few not, twists not, at yeah. the end, and right, right. one or two you might see coming if you pay attention. Uh, I think there's one or two that a lot of people won't see coming, so we're not going to touch any of those. But we are going to talk about things like. Obviously, the internet sensation Lady D herself, uh, she's Obviously. in the first 20% of the game. And then yeah. her and her, her daughters are totally gone. That's it. Mm. Poof. Kaput. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more, be not because I want to be stepped on by a nine and a half foot tall <laughs> woman, but because I liked those characters and some of the lore bits that you pick up that reference like how they came to be. Oh, God. It's one of those things that I'm like, Maybe that would have been the more interesting game, Jason. Right? <laughs> like, Sounds like to hear you say that makes me even more not wanting to pick it up. Oh, geez. Yeah, some of that was. <laughs> That's not very to say that the other bad people, the other bad guys, aren't um, uh, aren't uh, aren't compelling. Aren't compelling. Yeah, I mean, like Heisenberg was. Heisenberg is a very interesting cool. villain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, only one of them is one that I really didn't care about. The, the the fish guy. Uh, Moreau. Yeah, giant fish guy. Yeah, Moreau. Yeah, Moreau didn't do it for me. I just kind of bailed on, on that one. But the doll and Heisenberg and, and Lady D, I thought they were pretty and, compelling. Mother Miranda, like the main baddie, she's kind of interesting, but is a mm. one-note villain. You know, she's, right. she's got what she's doing. Uh, all in all, does it fit with seven for me? Yeah, kind of. Are there a couple leaps in in logic? Uh, and maybe a little bit of retconning between seven and eight. Yeah, sure. But all in all, it was enjoyable. I liked it. I liked it enough to play on the more enhanced difficulties to try and get collection points and finish buying different things uh, that you're allowed to to purchase. You want all the little statues, don't you? Yeah, you know, I have all the <laughs> statues. I have all the custom art. The only things I need to buy now are a couple special weapons and a couple infinite ammo unlocks, which means I have to play through and max upgrade those weapons so that i right. can buy the infinite ammo uh the mercenaries mode is okay uh it's i think it was better done in previous resident evils but it's okay 
Uh, I have not yeah. redeemed my code for RE-verse yet, so I have not played that at all. Maybe I'll stream that this week. Oh, RE-verse, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a multiplayer yeah, I, thing? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The multiplayer one. I, I had watched you, obviously, play through the entire game. Yeah. Like the storyline. The storyline was well done, the way they played it out. And the different types of gameplay per chapter i guess you would call them yeah yeah that's a good way to yeah. describe it yeah the the different the way they have they change up how things scare and what kind of gameplay you're playing yep i think runs the gambit of all the zombie type games you can find out there yeah which is really well done i thought uh, honestly the scariest part i think like i didn't find the game truly scary like Oh, no. I jumped a couple of times from a jump scare, but I didn't find it like terrifying or anything. But I'm also like one of those people that's super into horror movies and like I'm just nuts about scary stuff. So it takes a lot to get to me on that front. But I will say like the most unnerving part of the game for me, Jason, was the entire like second chapter to use Yod's term where there was no combat at all. <laughs> like, right. All well, the that's the best kind of horror. Yeah, all the combat was totally stripped from it. Like, all of your weapons are taken away. You don't know if they're actually taken away or if, you know, the character is making you hallucinate that you don't have them. Right. Because you do end up just getting them back at the end and you don't have to pick them up from anywhere. So, uh, But that whole sequence in, like, the dollhouse area, I thought that was really well done. There was, like, a hide-and-seek where first you have to hide from what I think was the scariest thing in the game that you don't even fight. Yeah. This weird, yeah. big ass, slimy baby making all kind of dad, dad Ooh. noises. And it was creepy. Freaking. It was creepy. You had to hide Give from me. that all over the place. And then the doll hides from you and you have to seek the doll. And it was the, the probably the most unnerving sequence of the game. If I got to rate it one through 10, I probably give it a seven, a seven. So a little above average, but there's better resident evils in my book. Uh, the ending is worth the playthrough, I think. Oh, yeah. It is oh, obviously yeah. set up for Resident Evil 9 on like obviously. two or three different paths. <laughs> uh, they can go a couple different ways with it. In a week or two, there is. I do want to circle back because there is something that happens at the end that I don't quite understand. Okay. Because there is an obvious gap. Somebody ages, okay, in the game. And they age far enough that you as the player know years have gone by. Years have gone by from the end of the game to this final cutscene. Oh. You yes. know years have gone by. But Chris in the helicopter talks to a soldier about a bioweapon on the helicopter mm -hmm. that they don't expect to see here. So presumably we're going to go talk to umbrella or blue umbrella or you know bsa bssa right and but then it cuts to this cutscene that obviously years have gone by so wait what happened like did we go and <laughs> did we talk to bssa like what happened there i don't know it's a weird time jump um yeah i'd give it about a seven jason uh yad we'll go with you first because i know you watched like every minute of this stream uh, right, yeah. You've seen the transfer. entire game. Yeah. What, what are your final thoughts on it? I, I would give it a 7 or 8 as well because it it is it does have some issues, but it is a solid, solid game. Um, I thought the ending was well done, and 
wraps up nicely in a little package the previous games as a first section Mm -hmm. so that they can move on with new characters. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, there's going to be a that's, I, I that's think, done I think over Chris here. still has a part to play in the story. Oh, yeah, uh, and, yeah. Chris... And Sticks is talking about, did you pick up the fact that they foreshadowed it early in the game, the ending? Yes. Uh, there, oh, yeah. There's, you can infer that maybe years have not passed, but the, I would say, Sticks, that it's not as many years. Like, when you watch it in a normal timeline, you would say, wow, like 14, 15 years have passed. I think it's still years that have passed, just maybe not as many. Um, right. But so I, st- of, I don't know about new characters things. though. Like Chris still <laughs> f- fits into this storyline. There's uh, a f- Chris, a female character that still fits in the next storyline. Obviously, right? she fits in the next storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Chris will be elevated to like a a higher up, not not no longer in the field at this point. Well, he doesn't in have the exactly next. the best track record in the field. <laughs> true lots but of I things mean, he tries to protect end up dead right but considering <laughs> age and what he has done right yeah if he's still with that organization he's probably you know a desk jockey at this point what'd you think jason so i know you caught a little bit of it here and there but uh what'd you think I think I've just been over here napping while you guys have been going on and gushing about how yeah, I kind of skipped you because I know you're not a huge Resident <laughs> Evil guy. So. Yeah, nothing you're saying is making me go, I want to rush out and wrap right, well, I got one yeah. more for you then. One more thing for you. We talk mods on Resident <laughs> Evil. I showed you the Thomas the Tank Engine Lady D mod. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other one I showed you? The Barney mod mm-hmm. where the zombies turn in. I've got a better one for you. It is right now my favorite mod. My absolute favorite mod. Something of Lady D gets really huge. It is Lady D. It is Lady D. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where all the mods are. What are you talking about? No, that's true. Yeah, 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 right. Here we go. Here we go. Here is Lady D with a hat that just progressively gets bigger <laughs> throughout the entire game. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Look at the curves on that. This one is from Kalia Lee on YouTube. <laughs> this is probably... Look at that! <laughs> I'm not it's playing nasty. the audio. I do suggest you look up Kalia yeah. Lee on YouTube. That's K-A-L-L-I-A-L-E-E. Uh, and check this video out because the commentary... <laughs> he's like... I didn't... Have... If you listen to it, he says, you don't have to worry about the sun anymore. Don't have to worry about the sun would be outside with this hat. <laughs> I didn't know she was a Mexican vampire. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably my favorite mod so far. I absolutely... Th- and this is just tremendous when you get outside into the courtyard area and <laughs> just this big-ass hat. Jason, if see... this doesn't make you want to buy the game, I don't <laughs> know what will. No, nope, nothing. Sorry, <laughs> not happening. I've, I've seen one other mod that was kind of interesting, but I doubt... You know, we could we we show it on on the stream where um, <laughs> yeah, the daughters are dressed up as yeah, deer. TB, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and and the mother just has a fishnet stocking on. Which yeah, is, the the daughters the, are fine. They are literally wearing yeah. like the two B uh, black 
dresses. Right, we, so like boob reveal, you know, cleavage right. area stuff, but not her lingerie outfit. They're a two B's lingerie outfits. Right. Lady D is literally in a full body fishnet stocking. Yeah. With with tape. <laughs> with black electrical tape over her nipples. And I don't know what, but they changed the character model and she has like wine bottle cork nipples, like <laughs> under the tape. They huge. will put they're huge. <laughs> They will well, put now I'll buy the game. <laughs> there you go. That's what makes them buy the game. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Jason's buying Resident Evil. <laughs> oh, As we speak, I'm on the Steam right now. Yeah. Tremendous. Uh, so all in all, yeah, if you're a fan of Resident Evil, this, this it'll fit the build nicely. If you're a fan of Resident Evil 4, you're probably playing the same game over again. Uh, uh, there is a lot of 4 in it. There is. All right, let's get to some uh, legal news. Jason, you brought this one up into chat uh, earlier this week. We talked about it before. Let's get our uh, obligatory Cyberpunk 2077 reference into the show today. CD Projekt Red, the lawsuits, the security fraud lawsuits uh, coming against them are going to move forward, but they also have been condensed. So, so what exactly is going on here? Yeah, they've got four class action lawsuits still outstanding uh, due to securities fraud based on the belief that they misled the public and misled investors regarding the state of uh, cyberpunk on various consoles. How many did they start with? Uh, 13. Yeah, it was originally 13. 13 law firms have filed them. Uh, But those those four that remain have been condensed into basically one suit, and a single lead plaintiff has been appointed. So... Yeah, it's going to be hopefully a little shorter than a little shorter, a little simpler to deal with, uh, and maybe not drag on as long and have a more fulfilling ending to it. Yeah, here's the weird thing about this, and we said this before too. Like CD Projekt Red has already said, we will, you know, we will defend ourselves against these allegations. They're not going to roll over and settle or sure. anything like that. I mean, they may if the costs start to add up, but here's the thing: like this. This is kind of hard to prove if you're not inside CD Projekt Red or you don't have somebody inside of CD Projekt Red. Like, how do you prove the higher-ups, Yod, purposely lied besides being able to say, you knew this was in bad shape and you purposely advertised that it was not, that it was ready, without internal employees being willing to tell you that internal employees being willing to fashion documents to you whether they be like emails or or things like that reporting the problems to you know jason who runs the company i send him an email he ignores it and then you see the next day he's out on stage touting how wonderful and you know nothing's wrong this is a little challenging to prove without something coming from the inside isn't it you kind of need internal data of some kind, some some person or persons that were working there at the time that is qualified and willing to go on to stand for you. I mean, or fashion you know, something to you anonymously, Jason. Right, right. Well, I mean, isn't discovery a thing? You know, if because what you always hear when whenever you have a game like just has a yeah. disaster launch like this. First thing a lot of people say is, oh, why didn't QA catch any of this? And usually the response is QA did, and they forwarded it on to developers, and developers didn't do anything about them. Yep. So if all that sort of thing exists, if all the QA testers 
or sending emails or whatever sort of system they use to log that sort of stuff, could that be used as evidence? I think it could, but my whole point yeah. is if you don't have somebody on the inside, a lot of that stuff tends to disappear. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of an issue. Is, you know, how, how long is that stuff kept around for? So that, that would be the question. Yep. Whoops, we purge our servers every right. month. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. oh, no. For space issues. Uh, well, I mean, we'll keep uh, keep our eye on it, just like we're keeping our, our eye on Epic versus Apple. Uh, Jason will probably have a, an article or two, I'm, I'm sure, this week on MMO Bomb, because that case is about to wrap up. Yeah, it is. Uh, so we'll find out. I don't know how long. It's, I don't know how long it is between, is between wrap up and deliver verdict, but right, yeah, right. But we'll probably, if you want to check out like a sum up article to catch you up to date, I'm sure sometime this week we'll have something on uh, MMOBomb.com. By the way, if you're not following Jason and I over there, why? Come on, guys. Yeah. Help us out, man. Help us out. We yeah. like having jobs. Head on over to MMOBomb.com. Check out an article. We put a poll up to see like the most. Uh, anticipated free-to-play game on there. We've got quizzes that we set up over there. Check it out. It's a good site. We have a lot of fun. Follow it on Twitter and and head on over. And, uh, and if you watch us on MMOBOM, you should know that Mike does a Final Fantasy podcast. Yeah. Apparently people didn't know that over right, there. Right, right. The people at MMOBOM did not know I was doing this here, so now all of you know Jason and I can be found then, on MMOBOM and come help us now, out. Then, help, help some brothers by out. Recursive, by recursive, does that mean now we have to tell people that we do Ready Check Radio? I think so. Here on Ready Check Radio? I think so. I think possible. So. Yeah, that's Twitter on MMO Bomb. Thank you for linking that. Go follow that damn thing. Twitter's making me mad. It purged like 40 accounts from the rolls oh, and it geez. put us pushed us under 10,000 and it yeah. aggravated me. So go that, help that it get back annoying. to 10K. Um, speaking of other legal stuff, I'm going to skip ahead one gentleman in the links there. Uh, we'll come okay. back. Uh, remember, Ubisoft uh, kind of had a bit of a rough PR patch with some allegations of misconduct and uh, sexual harassment and crunch. So, and... so, so this whole thing is a, a, lit, a little interesting and somewhat kind of amusing to me in certain ways. Because Ubisoft also came up with the show called Mythic Quest on Apple TV where they make fun of and talk about the development of an MMO development yeah. culture mm -hmm. of an MMO. It was, I, I think it was mostly to make fun of uh, blizzard at the time and, and making world of Warcraft. Cause obviously the game that mythic quest is like, you know, a, a rift on a riff on that. But the fact that, you know, it, it makes me wonder how much they actually have to do with that show other than, you know, proposing the show. If they have anything to do with the actual episode-to-episode storyline, because it deals with some of the stuff like sexual harassment and and toxic workplaces and stuff. Yep. So, what the? <laughs> well, so all that went down, and here we are, months later, and uh, Le Telegram uh, published a in May uh, an article that they were investigating, and they are claiming. You know, nothing really changed at Ubisoft after yeah. all of these things. Like, obviously, the head of HR changed. You know, Cecile Cornette stepped down uh, because they were just, you know, there were allegations that they just whitewashed the whole thing and, and all that stuff. So this report is alleging that nothing has changed on that front, Jason. Uh, Ubisoft, obviously, <laughs> wanted to comment on that piece. <laughs> Said... Hey. 
Over a period of several months, Ubisoft has implemented major changes across its organization, internal processes and procedures in order to guarantee a safe, inclusive and respectful working environment for all team members. They then went on to tell GameIndustry.biz a number of changes they'd made, uh, not only just making the external investigations of all those allegations to adding new anonymous reporting tools and mandatory training on conduct, pointed to the company's revamped code of conduct, as well as the hirings of Grants and Sika, uh, uh, as well as the appointment of Lidwine Sauer as head of workplace culture. The quote continues, these concrete actions demonstrate the profound changes that have taken place at every level of the company. Additional initiatives are underway and are being rolled out over the coming months. We are committed to strengthening our culture and values in the long term to help ensure every team member at Ubisoft is heard, respected, and valued in the workplace. So here's where I kind of run into this, Jason. Uh, you have this investigation that says, yeah, nothing's really changing there. And then you have Ubisoft pump out this list of things. Having been in business, high, high up in business, you know, regional VP level and, and higher in, in previous careers of mine, I can see a scenario where both of these are true. Where both of these are true statements. Because if you look at the list, and by all means, I, I have no reason to know if it's a comprehensive list, but the items that Ubisoft does give are all... I don't want to use the word passive because one or two of them are a little more active than that, but they're all kind of one step removed actions. You updated your code of conduct. That doesn't mean anybody's following it, right? Exactly. You have hired these different uh, firms to help head up changes in workplace culture. That doesn't mean that the workplace culture has actually changed yet. Uh, you have hired and done external investigations of the allegations. That's your minimum fucking duty. When, when these types of things are reported. That one, to me, does not count as a culture change when you have external investigations of allegations being made. Anonymous reporting tools, that should have been there anyway, and that was one of the big problems with this scenario is that HR did not function the way it's supposed to. Mandatory training on appropriate workplace conduct. Raise your hand if you've ever had a job and you've watched the most uncomfortable sexual harassment training videos ever yeah they're really boring they're really dumb yes these are all this is a list of actions i can sure ubisoft you're right these are actions if you're looking post on sticks raising hand in chat if you're what if you're looking for change post these types of things though jason these aren't exactly the changes one would probably be looking for, right? You're probably looking for shakeups in, and yes, HR had a leadership change. Uh, so maybe you would count that, but you're, you're looking for more than what should have been there already being implemented. Uh, and maybe that's shortchanging Ubisoft. And, and, and if somebody feels that way, I apologize. I'm going strictly by what they've put in this statement it feels like a list of things that already should have existed to me. It all just comes down to me. It comes down to the CEO, uh, Eve Guillermo, who yep. just everything I read, he just seems so out of touch and naive. Cause he's like, this is just a family, but I just think of this as a family business. We're just all a bunch of friends here or whatever. No, no. You've got almost 20,000 people. Yeah. That's he doesn't want to commit, business. Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't want to commit to that change wholeheartedly and make the changes that need to be made, 
they're not going to be made. And I've seen nothing that indicates that he wants to do that. He's always struck me, like, in this whole situation, by the way, and I don't know, maybe you guys feel the same or not. Let me know. The way that this has played out in all the interviews and stuff that's been going on for months on these topics, he, you either feel, in my book, if I take him at his word and he honestly had no clue, then you're incompetent and you need to leave. Yeah. If you did yeah. know, then you need to leave. Yeah. I, I totally like, agree. I get to this point where I'm like, you got to go, brother. Like, either mm -hmm. you were part of it or you were okay with it and you got to go. Or this was going on right underneath you. And I don't expect the CEO of a company to know every single thing every little department is doing. Don't extrapolate my comments out that way. But when you have a problem at the top of your HR department... I do expect you to know that something is going on. And if you then don't, article, that's a little incompetent and you got to go. Then the article also state that there were several other key HR people that was yep. part of the problem and they're still there. Yep. So if the inference, just because you cut the head, it's not like a freaking snake. Just because you cut the head off doesn't mean the rest of the infrastructure that's still there. <laughs> isn't still doing what it does. You know? You, we you we call this segment put it. on your shocked face, by the way, because yeah. none of us are <laughs> yeah. shocked. <laughs> so shocked. <laughs> the other shocked news here. Chat, get ready. Get your shocked faces on YouTube. Get your shocked faces ready to go. Starfield is probably shocked an face. Xbox exclusive. No. <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah. Totally. But you know why it's an Xbox exclusive? E. Because that what, will provide what? the best game experience for players. We think it is the best thing that will ever be possible. And we, we honestly believe that this is the only thing we could have done. That that'll be what they say when they do the official announcement. Of course. At E3, at E3 yeah. That will at absolutely the, be yeah, what they it's say. not confirmed. At their joint E3 presentation. Yeah. It's not confirmed that we're gonna see Starfield at E3, but it looks like we will because Xbox and Bethesda are doing a joint thing there and mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it's looking like it will be a PC slash Xbox exclusive. It's also looking like, according to Jason Schreier and some others, uh, that its release date is probably in 2022. So if that's the case, then I'm wrong on this one. Uh, I thought maybe we could see this by the end of the year, a la the way Fallout uh, 4 was announced, but apparently not. Jason Schreier on Twitter saying, let me make this very clear. Bethesda's plan is to tease a release date for Starfield at E3. The date, that date is in late 2022. I'll leave the specifics to them, but please keep your expectations in check and refrain from sending death threats when the other rumors <laughs> of an earlier release turn out to be false. Basically, keep your expectations in check for anything Bethesda releases. <laughs> uh, that's kind uh, of... Don't blame it all on, all, all on the pandemic. Shock it's phase. It's fine. All right. That's why it's late. Pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Pandemic. It's all it's all the pandemic's fault. And, and it's pandemic's fault that it's only on Xbox and PC. Uh, now we've also got... Let me... Okay. That's what's next. Um, instead of putting on our shocked face, let's put on our happy face, gentlemen, because I've got some news that makes <laughs> me happy. I ain't got one. <laughs> oh. oh! You borrow your partners, like reach over, go ahead, grab that shock, that happy face, and just put it on for a little bit. Mm. 
I got some <laughs> things that make me happy I want to talk about in the world of gaming. We are getting a new Time Splitters game at some point. It is Yeah, see, there you go. There's your happy face. It is in development. And this makes me... Like, you would not think a shooter game would make me happy. But I loved Time Splitters. Absolutely freaking loved Time Splitters. If you haven't played Time Splitters, uh, you need to go back. I played it on, I think the first time I ever played it was, I think it was Time Splitters 2 for the GameCube, and then went back. Or, or did I play the first one on something else? Yeah, I played the first one on something else. 2 was the one I played a lot of on the GameCube. Uh, it's a first-person shooter. It was by Free Radical Design uh, back in the day. Kind of like a, you know, in, in the vein of a golden eye and a perfect dark, except with zombies yeah, and stuff. Was... The multiplayer was so good. I absolutely loved it. Here's the deal. Good. Publisher Deep Silver has announced the reformation of Time Splitter's developer Free Radical Design. Here's where it gets better. Interesting. Not only that, the studio's first order of business is reviving the long dormant shooter with a lot of people, by the way, that actually worked on the originals. They are reforming Free Radical Design to make a new Time Splitters. That's all we have. We have no idea. We haven't seen an entry in this series from 2005, so Jason's going to tell me to temper my hype, but freaking oh, yeah. A, a new Time Splitters. Either of you have experience with this one, Jason? Nope. Minorly for me. Um, I, I played two a little bit, but it, it was the... A, like you said, GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, it was a lot of the same people that worked on those two games, and I played a buttload of both of those games. Oh, I love Time Splitters. Yeah, the the first person shooter aspect of those uh the programmers and stuff, and if they're those same people, if they get that storyline going again, hey, I'm all for it. It 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 should turn out pretty well, I think. We don't know if this is going to be exclusively console, I would not imagine that in this day and age that it would be exclusively console. I would imagine there's going to be a a uh, a PC release uh, for this not, one. Not if not if Microsoft buys that company first. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Then it well then it would be got Xbox still on PC. It'll so. be on PC still. Yeah, it'll still be on PC. Yeah. Yeah. That one makes me very very happy. All right. Since that, I didn't. I couldn't sell you on that one, Jason. I couldn't sell you no, on that. No, one. couldn't sell me on that one. Uh, let me try this one. Maybe this is a little more up your alley. Uh, and honestly, I'm, I'm going to go out and say I didn't even realize that this was a thing yet. Uh, but the Rift Breaker has been officially added to the Xbox Game Pass at launch. This is a base-building survival action RPG uh, made by Exer Studios. You got to assume the role of a captain, and it's, you know, get <laughs> Game Informer says get your inner Neon Genesis Evangelion on and uh, get in a damned robot because this experience <laughs> is all about a mecha suit and power, uh, power X and exploration. I uh, actually kind of enjoyed this trailer watching it. It's got a little bit of RTS flavor going on. Jason, what'd you think when you check this out? That's a good point by Mystic. So it does sound like a, our, our next podcast, Rift Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make that one when Rift closes. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I look at it, and yeah, I do agree. It looks kind of cool. I, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I totally... Does. This wasn't nowhere on my radar. I don't know how I missed it. 
Now, the thing is, for me, it's like, I don't know if I would want to merge the two. Like, like there's part of it is like the, the shooter blowing crap up all over the place, and the part is base building. It's like, do I really want both of those in one? Eh, eh. But, I mean, it does look pretty cool, and it might, it might be able to pull off that, that merger pretty well. Here's what it, so here's the thing that I'm really enjoying Game Pass by the way and, I, and a lot, I'm not alone right a lot of people are enjoying right. the the Game Pass um I got to say I probably would not have bought this like as much as I look at it yeah, I'm yeah. like that's neat and I I would probably like that they're just when it comes out there's probably just other things I'd be like yeah I want to spend the 60 bucks on that instead mm-hmm. like this would be it's on sale and I have nothing else to buy and I'm looking for something goofy to stream that night type deal but this is what Game Pass does for me. Like now, I can play this on launch day, and maybe end up buying the damn thing just so when it goes off of Game Pass, I don't lose it. Where if it weren't on Game Pass, it probably would have been one I forgot about until I saw in a bargain bin somewhere. Uh, I think you really got to appreciate that aspect of what that service does. It is tremendous value. Now it does suck when games leave Game Pass. That kind of feels bad, uh, but. This this game probably wouldn't have had a shot with me without it, and I think you got to respect that, Yod. What do you think about this when I, I sent you guys the trailer? It looks really interesting. Um, not really something I would play. I think it's a little too stressful for me. Um, like, <laughs> like I, I like the base building because that's kind of like StarCraft, where, you know, when you, when you build your troops up and stuff like that. But to have one hero and you're dependent on that one hero, and you got upgrade your base and the weapons and gather yeah, resources, it 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 no. I want to slave labor. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I want to I want to set the SCVs and let them go and do their thing, <laughs> while I set the Marines out and they go out and shoot things. And I just sit there and build stuff. That's how I want it. On the other side of things, this is absolutely a day one purchase for me. Absolutely 100% a day one purchase for me next month. June 25th, Mario Golf Super Rush. We got a little trailer shot kind of showing the uh, the battle mode uh, with, with some of the characters here. I know we talked briefly about this before, but I just I, I had to find a way to get the trailer in on the show. It just this makes me smile. Uh, I will break out the switch and hook it up to the stream, uh, and absolutely play this. Now, who, which of the two? Do both of you have switches? No, no. The wife has a switch for me. Your your wife has one. I thought your yeah, partner, partner had one. Has a switch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to play then. Like the three of us have to do battle mode. <laughs> We have to do an episode of Gaming Gumbo like Zista and I did a two-person version of Snowbound where we ran Torghast during it. We have to do a Gaming Gumbo where the three of us are Mario golfing. Come on. Jason, I know you like golf games. I know yeah. you and I have played quite a few of them in our day. Yeah, yeah. So can I, can I entice you with this one? You going to buy it for me? No, no, I'm not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is a problem. Yod, are you into golf games? Oh, by the way, this I, I will not be. I will not be using motion controls. Fuck that noise. I, 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 I not really. I mean, the the, the battle mode, uh, the Mario Kart esque battle mode on this thing is very intriguing. Is Don't awesome. get me wrong, I, I mean, but yeah, the the motion controls yeah, kind 16 of sixteen characters. Though. Yeah, sticks and chat. Yeah. No shy guy. At, at least right. not. Uh, revealed God, as one of the 60 bucks. Yeah, yeah, no, no. 
no. man, this, yeah. I have no problem paying full retail for you this. I get, right I get so right much, so many hours out of like Mario Golf and Mario Tennis and stuff that I have no problem giving them sixty bucks. Not a problem. It, it, it's very intriguing. It, it is a very intriguing game, but yeah, sixty bucks. I, I I don't know if I can shell that out. All right, so chat, <laughs> shell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Chat, you'll have to watch him <laughs> play it then. These knuckleheads aren't going to play it. All right, here's a few titles. I just want to buzz through them real quickly. Uh, we do this once a month. Here are some, not all, but some of the major titles releasing in June across all platforms. Let's just give our usual thumbs up, thumbs down on if it's a day one purchase. And then if it's a purchase at all, if you say no, you'll play endless rounds with me. All right, sticks. Whoever gets it, if you, if chat, if you get it, we'll 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 do it. We'll we'll do a community stream with Mario Golf late next month when we get it. Uh, first up, Elder Scrolls Online: Gates of Oblivion on the PC and the Google Stadia on June first. Just a little over a week now. This is absolutely a thumbs up day one purchase for me. I already pre-ordered the damn thing. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I already pre-purchased the damn thing. Um, <laughs> You guys, I don't think you're into Elder Scrolls Online. Well, you so. know, you know me and Elder Scrolls. Yeah, inventory and craft bag. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried playing it when it, when it uh, went free to play originally, and I think I played the beta back in the day. But no, can't do can't do Elder Scrolls Online. No. All right. So it gets one point. Chivalry two on June eighth. Jason, I kind of put this one on here because I thought maybe it would be a thumbs up from you. How right or wrong was I? I never really got into chivalry. I got it for free when they gave it away free for a day, and I don't know. It just never has really gotten to me that well. It just it's it's too small. I feel like I want to have bigger battles. It's small, that sort of thing. It's yeah, small. It's small. I'm doing. I'm still doing Conqueror's Blades. I'm sticking with that probably. Oh, you're still in queue. You're still in queue. Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> still. I probably have been for like a whole day for a whole hour. Yod, what about you? Chivalry too. Ever even heard of it until I looked at it <laughs> the notes. So no. This no, one's uh. It's it, this is definitely where like Rift Breaker fits for me. One of those games that I'm like, I would probably like that, but I'm not gonna buy it. Uh, this is not even an uh, on sale one for me. There's just too many other wow. things that I know I would jump into. So, so it's zero then. Yeah, zero. You guys, <laughs> what about like if it was on sale six months mm -hmm. from now, Jason? Would you grab it? Uh, wow, maybe. ringing endorsement. Um, I've never been into chivalry. Just no. Ratchet Sorry. and Clank Rift Apart June 11th on the PS5. This is a thumbs up day one purchase for me, but there's not only do I like the Ratchet and Clank games, but it's uh, like a tradition of my daughter and I to play through Ratchet Clank game, Ratchet and Clank games. So it's definitely a thumbs up day one purchase for me. Uh, it being on a PS5, I would imagine is probably going to be a zero from both of you. Don't have one. <laughs> yeah, not so much. I do remember the trailer though from last year's E3. It looked really neat. Yeah. It, it looks really good. It looks like it's a lot of fun, but. No PS5. Uh, Dark Alliance, June 22nd. We'll start with you, Yod. We talked about this a number of shows ago. June right. 22nd. Yes, no, day one, day 50. What do you got? I'll wait till it's a little bit on sale. I mean, it is, it is interesting. And, and I that do Beholder like looked awesome. Game. You and I love that, that Beholder. That did look awesome. And the <laughs> gameplay looked like a lot of fun. But I got other things to play. I, I, I You know... <laughs> Jason, you were lukewarm on this one at best. Warm, I was like, I said at you can't, best. You, you can't spell Edgelord without D and D. So yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with D and D Edgelord. This is a yes for sure. me, but I don't know if it's day one. 
I don't know if it's one I sit and wait for a sale, though. I think I buy it earlier than that, but I don't think it's day one. Um, Legend of Mana coming out on June 24th for the PS4, the Switch, and the PC. Three different platforms. Eh? The PlayStation 1 Legend of Mana title. Yeah, this is a no-brainer day one for me. I have my original <laughs> PlayStation 1 still. Uh, like there are enough days in the year for you to buy everything on day one. <laughs> well, hey, I'm, you know, I've, well, I've, already paid, I've already paid for Oblivion, so I don't have to worry about that. Ratchet and Clank, Dark Alliance, Legend of Mana, Mario Golf. So that's four titles in June. <laughs> We're going to have like 40 games next month. We're going to day one on this, day one on that. I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah. You guys, you guys, do you did you ever play see, uh, Legend of Mana on PlayStation One? I'm not sure if I did. If so, it was, I remember I played some. I remember playing one JRPG series that I didn't really like, and maybe this was it. But yeah, it's not something I've been into. All right, that's a no from you, Yod. Yeah, the wife probably already has it on pre-order. Probably, probably. Yeah, she was. It's a, a classic. It's it's so, so good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, that's her game. I'll probably watch her play it. Mario Golf Super Rush, we already talked about. June 25th, uh, that's a yes from me. Scarlet Nexus is also on June 25th. That's an RPG that we talked about on the show before, too, that I am mildly interested in. That's not a day one for me, though. I think i got to see reviews first uh, before before I make the call on that one. What about you, Yad? Same, yeah. I, I want to see how it actually pans out. Yeah, I mean, it looks yeah, interesting. interesting. Go ahead. It, it, it look interesting, but yeah. go ahead, Jason. Well, yeah, yeah, same thing. I, I at least want, I at least want to look at the reviews. Disgaea Six. Do either of you play the Disgaea series? I have all of them. No, no. Oh, I love them. Oh, I love them. The printies, printies. Like, oh, printies are, are. I like the character designs. Printies for I, I life. I had a friend that was yeah really interested. Had a friend back in the day that was really into the Disgaea series. I don't do but, day yeah. one for Disgaea though, so that that'll have to wait a little bit. That'll have to wait a little bit. What is this? All right. Oh yeah. So uh, this isn't uh, <laughs> this isn't like super news or anything, but we we just got finally revealed a Easter egg on the original Xbox that's been hidden for twenty years. You go through a whole process uh, of naming a ripped CD a certain way and doing things, and it changes the setting screen to show you the creators of the the original Xbox's dashboard. The only reason I bring this up is, yeah, if you want to go do it, fine, great, fantastic. If you have an Xbox that still works. I, I do. But uh, huh. I, the thing is, I just like things like this. So I wanted to get your, your, how do you feel about this? I like when these little types of like Easter eggs and nods are hidden in games or things, and they don't get found for like decades. I love yeah. that. I think that's so cool. I think it's cool, except that I think the fact that he made it that, that really long name you have to rename your thing made it nobody <laughs> was going to get it it's not like you press a random series of buttons and maybe someone eventually does that so right but at the time that was a that was a meme back in yeah, the day not, but not the yeah, name of the file is timmy right. yeah but uh of all the random things you could have chosen you know if it was all your base are belonged to us would that still also have been <laughs> there was that yeah uh-oh i there is supposedly one other one Easter egg that yeah he says yet. there's one more. he's like nobody's found it to my knowledge yeah. there's still one but more they're, they're not they're not saying what that is though so there, there's that I like those Easter that type of Easter egg type deal and the fact that people hide stuff like that into yeah. their work because it it shows it shows a certain amount of passion. 
Like the Atari sure, developers that used to hide their names in the game right, because Atari right. wouldn't. That like, was the first Easter. There was no credits. Was in, in, uh, an adventure. Right, it was an yeah, adventure. Right. Yeah. It, it it shows a lot of you know love and commitment put into this thing that they've given you. All right. Before think... we head on over and do games of the week, we got a Yod's corner and a Jason's corner. Mm-hmm. Yod, what do you want to talk about real quick here? All right, be careful. No, no, my addendum there. <laughs> Castlevania TV series. They finally ended it, or the anime series. So, I thought it ended really well. Um, I was a little sad with... Uh, I'm not listening, I'm not listening, I'm not listening. Of... <laughs> oh, you haven't watched... Okay, oh, you haven't watched you, the, uh... you're not done did, yet. Did you see my yeah. spoiler? Did you see yeah, my yeah, note yeah. written there? Did you see yeah, the yeah, note yeah, I have? Yeah, yeah. I did not, I did not. I was... Jason is no still... spoilers. Yeah, Jason, Jason is still on season, on season three. three so. Ah, okay. We're, well, sticks, you don't have to mute. We're not going to... This yeah, is, no spoilers. This no is spoilers. impressions. We're not going to talk about the show at all. Okay, the, there there was there one one part of the ending that had me really sad. I understood why it happened, but it was still heartbreaking. Yeah, I'm not uh, going to talk about anything in the show right. itself. Besides to say that season four was, for me, I, uh, my son Torchwick and I, we watched it in one sitting. Like we, I said, hey, I'm going to watch Castlevania you want, uh, season four. You want to come? And he's like, yeah, sure. We watched the whole damn thing. The whole damn thing, all ten episodes. I mean, it's not all that long to binge, but uh, I, I a few hours. I started from episode one, season one. I thought season four through. was incredible. I thought season four was their best mm-hmm. season yet. Uh, I can mm-hmm. kind of see why they wanted to end it and move on to another project, right. whether that be He-Man right. next or Legend of Zelda there, next. There's a there's, bunch of stuff they want to do. I thought yeah, some I, of the think, animation uh, in season, season four is by far the best oh, animated upped- season. They the upped their budget. Too. They upped their budget. They huge. Um, a lot of the season, a lot of the scenes started having dual shadowing. Yeah, where you have like the base shadow and then a darker shadow on top of that, which yep. that's a pain in the butt to do. And they also the, impl- started implementing three D, three D rotating cameras on a two D image. Um, right, right. Uh, it's just some too. tremendous stuff. If it doesn't mm-hmm. win a bunch of awards, I'll be shocked. Uh, yeah. I will be shocked. It was that good. It was that good. And the narrative yeah, I, is great. If you like the first three seasons, was, you will love. Jason, you uh, had watched the, I think it was the first season, and we're a little bit into the second season when I asked how you were liking it. You said that it was a little more narrative than uh, action, and you wanted to see a little more action. I told you that that was going to pick up oh, a bit. Oh, how, oh, now that you're in season three, what's your impression now that you're you're that far? It's still leaning more heavily on the narrative part. I'm only like two or three episodes in. So obviously they're setting up that season. Obviously the big battle at the end of season two was cool, but I still like there to be a little more action. So, But I, I am appreciating the narrative. It is a good narrative, it and it's, the way they're developing the characters is pretty <laughs> And good. season four is all action, so you will be fine. Okay, well, there we go. Right. Oh, Top yeah, to bottom. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't want all action. I like some narrative. No, oh, no, just, the narrative's there too, of, but yeah, there's a ton yeah. of action. It's so good. So good. They did yeah. a great job. Yeah. I can't wait to see. Oh, like yeah. He-Man was my childhood favorite cartoon. Mm-hmm. So I, I will if they want to do something there with Kevin Smith and stuff, great, fantastic. I'm all on board. You want to do a Legend of Zelda? <laughs> I'm fucking in. Let's do it. I think, you know? I think Legend of Zelda comes after, after the He-Man yeah. project. Yeah. And the He-Man designs look really nice. Yep. We have that they... DVD ROM game of Zelda if we want animated Zelda. Oh right? god. <laughs> oh Phillips god. CDI. Uh, Jason, uh, PDX Con, you were watching that to get a little Crusader Kings 3 expansion uh, info. How did that pan out for you? Uh, 
there was info. Yeah. No, oh. um, <laughs> more specifically, they did announce the expansion. It's going to be called Royal Court. And it's going to have uh, a lot more emphasis on your court and on rulership. It's things like um, you can build up your court by, uh, you know, attracting noble guests who will want to do things like, you know, hunt a beast or do a sculpture or something like that or whatever. And, and you can increase the grandeur of your court and it makes it more interesting and more attractive and, I guess, makes everything just cooler and better and makes you more impressive a ruler. Uh, it also helps. They're going to do a big change to culture so that you can, like... Uh, so cultures themselves will change over time. And right now, culture is just like, okay, you're French. That dude's English. You got like a minus five reaction because the French kind of hate the English or whatever. <laughs> it's just a color. But apparently they are going to do a lot more with it and have it be a lot more dynamic of a system. So I'm really looking forward to that. I kind of wish it was more of an exp- – I hope at some point they will do an expansion of the world in general. Like I was talking with some guys in chat in a stream. Like hopefully they expand the map or expand the timeline or whatever. But – I guess if you're going to do more of a mechanical thing like they did with some of the expansions in Crusader Kings 2, this is probably a decent enough way to go for that. So that looks pretty nice. cool. There's no no date on it yet. They have, a, they have a big patch coming out in July. And they said after, or in the summer, they said. And then after that is when the expansion will be out. So that's when that's going to be. Nifty. Okay. Nifty. Uh, a couple other things. I mean, I guess I'll bring up uh, the City Skylines. Getting, it has some new content creator packs, which is kind of neat. It's like actual packs Good created game. by content creators. Yeah, yeah, really I totally foobarred my first couple of cities, but that's a story for a stream. Ask <laughs> me about it sometime, Chad. I'll tell you. Oh yeah, yeah. So the the packs they have one one for like a train stations and one for bridges and piers. So if you want your stuff being all that much more pretty, those are actually out now. Like they released them like last night as they were doing their their speech or whatever. Uh, various other expansion for the various other games. Heart of Iron Four is getting a Russian expansion. Uh, a board game for Stellaris they're apparently working on. So that's kind of cool. That is neat. The one thing though. One thing that seems kind of cool to me, though, is that they're doing a, a Victoria 3, which is a sequel to Victoria 2, which came out like 11 years ago. And Victoria is like set in the, the Victorian age, roughly mid-1800s to mid-1900s, like Victorian age through to the onset of World War II. And it's not like, they say it's not like a war game of paint the map red and everything. It's more of like a diplomacy and culture kind of game where you try to like just, like kind of like Royal Court, you just want to have kind of the coolest culture. You want to attract <laughs> philosophers and have achieve things through diplomacy and whatnot to, to build up your culture right. and build up your nation that way. So that was a kind of interesting uh, approach to do a, a, a grand strategy game. So I might, I might want to actually check that out sometime. Whenever it launches. They say they, say they have no date on it. It's, it's sometime. They just announced it. It's like Starfield. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be here eventually. As long as it's not like Star Citizen's eventuality. Oh, (laughs) I would be remiss. Torchwick did ask me to bring up on the Star Citizen front that there is a free fly weekend going on this weekend. Uh, He is mildly interested in that game because he'll still be alive when it comes out. I won't. (laughs) Wow. He's mild. Wow. Welcome to chat work to game. Always good to see you, my friend saying messing up early cities, just part of the journey. Uh, yeah, well, um, yeah. Ask me about it on stream. There's a difference between messing up your first couple of cities in a sim, uh, in a sim game and, and what I did. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's slide over and do our games of the week. Remember, this is the segment of the show where we each give you a game that we recommend you check out. Doesn't have to be new. 
could be on an old system, emulator, whatever. Go check it out. And in the comments on YouTube or over on ReadyCheckRadio, R-A-I-D-E-O.com, you let us know who gave the best of the recommendations. I've got to go first this week, so I'm going to give you, in honor of Mario Golf coming out next week or next month, I'm going to give you Mario Tennis Aces on the Nintendo Switch. Definitely one, like, even if you don't particularly find yourself interested in tennis, it's a blast. It is a blast. The Mario Tennis series and the Mario Golf series, some of my favorite sporting games ever. Mario Tennis Aces for the Nintendo Switch. And since it came out in like 2018, if you don't own it, you could probably pick it up on uh, on a pretty uh, pretty deep discount. That's going to be my recommendation for this week. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, talk about messing up your first city. Uh, I'm going to give my recommendation to... I probably might have done this before. I'm going to do it again because it, it actually launched. It ends in a world apart. I've been playing a lot of that. Streamed it on Ready Check on Tuesday yeah. night. Yeah, really fun post-apocalyptic city builder. When I played it before, I was like, this is kind of fun, but it's lacking a few things. It's not all that clear on a few things. And they've really cleaned it up pretty well since launch. So really enjoying that and doing much better on my second city than I did on my first. So <laughs> that's always keep the, the mission alive. Yod, what do you got? Obviously, every, you, you expected it. I got to go at Mass Effect Legendary. Yeah, I knew we were going up against yeah, Mass no. Effect this week. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Shocked face. Yeah, <laughs> Chad, get your shocked faces on that we used earlier in the uh, Ubisoft yeah. hasn't done much uh, category. Yeah. <sighs> so yes, Mass, Mass Effect. Effect legendary. Mass Effect. Mm. Got to go with it. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Chat, of course, you stay put. And if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify, make sure you head on over for one of the live shows. We always have a streamer on immediately afterwards. Today is going to be Torchwick, who streams a little show called Games Older Than Me uh, every Saturday here on Ready Check Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Always has to be a game older than himself. Torchwick, how are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. What about you? Hey, I can't complain. Nobody listens. What is today's game? Where are we headed? Uh, well, you were talking about Resident Evil 8. I was. Resident Evil Village. Yeah. And uh, so we went all the way back to where it began, and we're playing Resident Evil. So you started Resident Evil 1 on the, the PlayStation 1 last week. We're going to continue into that. Where are we so far? We're in a mansion in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Get those shocked faces back. Um, <laughs> For the return of the shocked faces. We're fighting. We're about to fight a giant snake. I oh, so you're like at the, the first real boss. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying the uh, old school tank controls? <laughs> okay. So I, I'm not having a problem with them, actually. Like, I get a lot of people complain. I don't know if I'm just used to it already. But <laughs> I, it's fine. It works. Nice. It's amazing how scary the game still is. Right? Oh, hence, I guess is a better word. It is. It is. Well, chat, as always, we'll have a few minutes post-show, and then we'll go dark for about 15, 20 seconds just to relabel the streams for everybody and separate the VODs down below. And Torchwick will be back. Torchwick, we'll see you in just a second. As far as us here on Gaming Gumbo, we will see you next week, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern. But don't miss Snowbound on Tuesday at 7 and the Relic Grind Thursday at 7. Obviously, it's going to be a busy week on those two shows with all the Overwatch 2 stuff happening this past week. We'll be talking about that on Tuesday. And then, of course, Thursday, we'll be able to get into our thoughts on the second half of Patch 5.5, which drops 
this coming Tuesday. So a busy week, and then we'll wrap it up, as always, Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Until then, Yod, where can everybody find you? A little longer this time, but on Yod Artworks on Twitter, Yod Artworks on Facebook, right here on Gaming Gumbo, and for the next few weeks, I think, streaming on Thursday nights with Faye and Tarkov for Diablo 3. Yeah, right after the Relic mm-hmm. Grind. Right after, right after Relic Grind. So we're going to go kill Diablo. Mr. Winter. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Winter Informal, streaming at twitch.tv slash Jason Winter. And if Faye ever does Overwatch again, I'll jump on that stream again. So Sounds good. My name's Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio on Twitter, and we'll tweet at you every time we've got a show or one of our lovely volunteer streamers going live. Until next week, stay safe. See you on the server. Yeah.